in this episode we'll be talking about the diseases of the pericardium so the disease which we'll be talking about is pericardial effusion so what is a pericardial effusion pericardial effusion is an accumulation of fluid within this potential space of the serous pericardial sac okay so the covering of the heart is called pericardium and the space between the pericardium and the heart is the pericardial space and if something gets accumulated accumulation of fluid within this space causes pericardial effusion is called pericardial effusion okay now see if the volume of this effusion is very large then it can lead to compromised ventricular filling as the, the ventricle will not be dilated dilated properly and so this can lead to defective circulation and this condition is called as cardiac tamponade okay we'll talk about tamponade afterwards now let's talk about what are the etiologies of pericarditis so it can be first of all it can be idiopathic it can be due to infections viral infection coxsackie a b ecovirus hiv it can be pyogenic due to pneumococci staphylococci or it can be tuberculosis most common cause in india is tuberculosis it can also be fungal syphilis or parasitic also it can occur a post acute mi or it can occur due to an metastatic neoplasm or hypothyroidism radiation therapy or any chronic renal failure or any connective tissue disorders like rheumatoid arthritis and sle okay now what are the clinical features uh, of pericarditis so when there is inflammation in the pericardium first of all there will be pericardial pain so this pericardial pain is same as that of the pain that is in mi in myocardial infarction it is a sharp retrosternal chest pain which is radiating to the shoulders and the neck same as the pain in the myocardial infarction but how then how will we differentiate the pain between pain of the mi and the pain of pericardial effusion so the radiation of pain in case of pericardial effusion is also to the trapezius muscle whereas in mi it is not radiating to the trapezius so this is the main differentiating factor now the pain due to per- the pericardial pain is aggravated by deep breathing or coughing or swallowing because in this cases it occurs like a, a sharp stabbing kind of pain then it is relieved by sitting up and leaning forward okay the second clinical feature which we will see in pericardial effusion is the pericardial friction drop now what is this this is high pitched superficial scratching sound which is produced by the movement of the inflamed pericardium so this pericardium is inflamed and this uh, the movement of this pericardium produces a high pitched scratching sound on auscultation okay so this is heard at the lower left sternal edge with the diaphragm of the stethoscope now uh, these were the symptoms now let's talk about the signs which we'll see uh, in the case of pericardial effusion so on percussion there will be increased cardiac dullness so dullness on the cardiac area will be increased when we percuss the cardiac area or the precordium then the hard sounds on auscultation will be faint soft and muffled because of the pericardial uh, constituents it will be the hard sounds s1 s2 will be heard faint soft and muffled okay now if the effusion is very large then apex bit will also not be palpable okay now there's a specific sign here that's called the ewarts sign e w a r t sign ewarts sign what what happens is in large effusions uh, this pericardial sac compresses the base of the left lung and therefore the area there is an area of dullness on percussion on the left lung 
plus there are tubular breath sounds heard on auscultation in the left axilla or in the left base of the left lung so this uh, characteristic dullness on percussion of left lung due to cardiac pericardial effusion is called as Ewart's sign okay now coming to the investigation that are to be done in case in a patient of uh, pericardial effusion so first is chest x-ray what will we see on a chest x-ray first of all there will be increased size of the cardiac sillout as there will be fluid filling all around the heart there will be increased size of the cardiac sillout okay cardiac shadow and also the, the, the heart will be increased in size so there will be large globular heart with sharp borders it can we can say that it is pear shaped heart a large globular heart with sharp borders will be seen on chest x-ray uh, if we do an ECG the second investigation on the ECG there will be low voltage QRS complexes see QRS complexes are due to ventricular contraction now due to the restrictive effect of the pericardium on the heart the ventricle is not able to dilate and contract that efficiently so the QRS complexes will not reduce in the duration but will reduce in the amplitude okay so the voltage that is low voltage QRS complex will be formed will be seen on the ECG then if we do an echo uh, this is the most useful investigation for diagnosing pericardial effusion and the size of the pericardial effusion can also be seen on an echo also we can go for an cardiac CT or MRI this is advised only if there are loculated pericardial effusions and these are suspected okay now one more uh, specific thing which we do in pericardial effusion investigation is the pericardial aspiration or pericardiosynthesis so pericardiosynthesis is a diagnostic as well as therapeutic procedure so what we do is we insert a needle which is medial to the cardiac apex or xiphysternum and which is directed upwards to the left shoulder okay so the uh, pericardial fluid is taken out and we can use it for the diagnostic purpose uh, diagnostic purpose for identification of tuberculosis malignancy or if that if, if it is an purulent effusion okay now the pericardial fluid can also be sent for cell counts protein glucose and LDH levels to differentiate the transudate from the exudate to see if the pericardial fluid is a transudate or an exudate then we can also send it for cytology to check for any malignant cells we can also send it for TB culture mycobacterium culture okay. so now last coming to the treatment how will we treat the patient of pericardial effusion so uh, first of all we will treat the underlying cause if we know it like if it's a TB or uremia so we will treat the underlying cause secondly on uh, medical management we can give analgesics analgesics like NSAIDs to relieve the pain that is the pericardial pain and to reduce the inflammation in the pericardium okay so analgesics like uh, aspirin we can give aspirin 600 mg 4 hourly for 7 to 10 days until the ESR and CR becomes normal and, and the pain subsides or we can give endomethacin which is a very powerful drug and so it is avoided in the elderly people because it also decreases the coronary blood flow so endomethacin is avoided in elderly but aspirin can be given then uh, for treatment we can uh, do the therapeutic pericardiosynthesis uh, to relieve the pain and pressure uh, we do this and also we will leave a pigtail catheter is left behind uh, so that there is a sufficient release of fluid if it, if it is formed again 
then we could do a procedure called as therapeutic pericardial fenestration now in this what we do we create a window in the pericardium so that the fluid if accumulated in the pericardial space is allowed to uh, flow into the surrounding tissues so the fluid is slowly released into the surrounding tissues through that window and therefore the cardiac symptom does not occur so this were the, these were the treatment options for pericardial effusion now let's talk about cardiac tamponade uh, so cardiac tamponade is the term used for heart failure which results from large or rapidly developing effusion which compresses the heart and impairs the diastolic blood filling so the effusion has to be that much large or it must be rapidly developing that it compresses the heart and it impairs the diastolic blood filling and therefore this causes heart failure and this is called as cardiac tamponade okay so the etiology for cardiac tamponade is same as that of the pericardial effusion then coming to the clinical features so what will be the symptoms in a cardiac tamponade as i said there will be heart failure so the symptoms will be similar to heart failure so see uh, due to the uh, uh, effusion the, the heart is not able to uh, relax or dilate freely so there will be decreased cardiac output due to the failure of like dysfunction of the left ventricle first we'll talk about the dysfunction of left ventricle so there will be reduced cardiac output so what symptoms will this produce so in this reduced cardiac output there will be dyspnea due to the backflow backflow of the pressure of left ventricle to left atrium and then to the pulmonary venous congestion which causes dyspnea then it, there can be orthopnea then there can be substernal chest pain which is radiating to the neck and the neck and the shoulders okay then the second symptom which uh, is due to the right ventricular failure can be systemic venous condition because the right ventricle fails so the right atrial pressure increases which is backflowed into the uh, systemic veins and therefore there is systemic venous condition now this produces symptoms like pedal edema or pain in the right upper quadrant okay uh, so these were the symptoms of cardiac tamponade coming to the signs in cardiac tamponade so first is the frederick's sign so uh, frederick's sign is there will be increased jugular venous pressure jvp with sharp rise and wide descent okay there will be increased jvp because the right ventricular failure will result in an stasis of blood in the right atrium and also right atrial pressure will increase so the jvp will increase now second uh, there's sign called kusmol sign normally what happens is on inspiration there is decrease in jvp okay but in case of cardiac tamponade the right atrium is not able to dilate even though there is increased right atrial filling and increased right atrial pressure it is not able to dilate so therefore on inspiration there is raised jvp or increased neck vent distension which should not happen because normally on inspiration the jvp decreases but in case of cardiac tamponade on inspiration the jvp increases so this is a specific sign a small sign is for the cardiac tamponade then we can say there is uh, they will see a pulses paradoxes what is pulses paradoxes it is the exaggeration of normal variation in pulse pressure which is seen in cardiac tamponade this is also a hallmark of cardiac tamponade okay on inspiration there is a exaggeration of the variation in pulse pressure this is called pulses paradoxes then the last thing which is in cardiac tamponade is beck's triad b e c k beck's triad it consists of hypotension 
then muffled hard sounds and elevated J jvp so these are the uh, things which we have saw uh, hypotension muffled hard sound and elevated jvp this uh, forms a triad which is called as beck's triad now uh, we'll go ahead with the investigations in case of cardiac tamponade so we'll do a chest x-ray and chest x-ray findings will be same as that of pericarditis uh, that is there will be a large globular uh, large globular heart uh, visible uh, with sharp borders uh, and there will be increased size of the cardiac shadow or cardiac sellout okay uh, then we can do an ecg on ecg we'll, uh, we'll see sinus tachycardia then again the same thing low amplitude qrs uh, or low qrs voltage and also there's a thing called electrical alternance that is the alternation of qrs amplitude between two beats okay then we can go with an echo uh, on an echocardiography a pericardial effusion will appear uh, and it will appear as a lucent separation between the parietal and visceral pericardium okay because the fluid is filled in that uh, then also we can uh, we can also see right atrial collapse or right ventricular collapse uh, on echocardiography and these are the sensitive and specific signs in case of a cardiac tamponade okay now let's move uh, toward the to treatment of cardiac tamponade so first uh, when a patient comes with the cardiac tamponade symptoms the first thing which we'll have to do is the emergency pericardiosynthesis because this is re this will relieve the pain and the pressure immediately now uh, the, uh, there are two things which we have to take care yeah, now if the patient is hypotensive they give the patient plasma volume expanders like dextran and the second thing is to if in case of an acute cardiac tamponade avoid positive pressure mechanical ventilation because uh, it reduces the cardiac filling further already the cardiac filling is not happening properly and you given positive pressure mechanical ventilation which reduces the cardiac filling further and the patient may go into shock okay so this was all about cardiac tamponade